I always encourage you to call into the show, share your stories, and if it's something that affects people broadly, you're happy to even turn it into an interview or find a solution. You know that. I mean, if you've been listening regularly, I welcome your calls, your suggestions. Now, Jonathan uh, gave us a call yesterday, and he's in there to tell us about a case his company was involved in, caught staff stealing and had CCTV evidence. I'm not going to give the whole game away, but Jonathan Manley, good morning. Hi, good morning, Kino. Very good morning to you. Now, talk to me about, uh, you know, this not-so-good experience. Yeah, so we're a small business that um, went through the procedure of being involved in this case for the last few months. Uh, We had CCTV footage of theft taking place by two of our previous employees, and we went through all the procedures that we were supposed to. We complied with all the police investigations. We appeared in court numerous times and it was just quite a frustrating experience because in the end um, due to some technicalities they didn't allow the cctv footage to be used and the the case was closed without anyone even seeing the footage and um, the the two defendants got off uh, scot-free well it's i'm not sure if it's got to do with the veracity of the footage itself i think it's got to Mm -hmm. deal with the chain of evidence which relates directly to the police and that chain of evidence which is a technicality on which they got off on right because i mean we're lay people we um we're here to run a business. We're yeah. not the experts in this thing. Yes. And for me, I was the witness because I downloaded the footage from our CCTV system. So that gets deleted after about two weeks. So we have to save it. So for me, the only thing was to make sure I didn't lose this evidence and then to hand it over at the right time. Um, but apparently, yeah, from either from our side, like I did something that I wasn't supposed to, or from the police's side. Okay, so the chain, what what one will look at, uh, Jonathan, is the chain, um, the custody, the the chain of custody of uh, this type of footage, which I think is an important one. Uh, Is Jonathan Manley called in yesterday, today, telling you about this um, experience, the business uh, missing out, because at the end of the day, case kicked out, or the footage at least, was not admissible because of the chain of custody of the video footage. Now, Peter DeWitt is a criminal lawyer at In Levitt Attorneys. Well, he's not a criminal lawyer. He's just a lawyer that practices criminal law. Uh, Peter, good having you on the show. Thank you very much. Okay, so let's talk about this thing called chain of custody, especially when it comes to CCTV footage or any other footage for that matter. Let's say dash cam footage. Okay, in our law, um, footage which is digital in, in, in nature is seen as real evidence. Now, you have different forms of evidence. You have documentary evidence. That could be a contract that you signed, etc. Mm. You have oral evidence, etc. But real evidence is, you know, it could be the blood sample that they drew, you know, at a roadblock if you're accused of drunk driving. It could be fingerprints. It could be uh, a substance found, and they go and they test it uh, to find out whether or not it, it's actually yeah. an illegal substance, etc. Now, the... Um, electronic evidence in, in, in our legal system is seen as the same thing. It's seen as real, okay, yep. which requires a chain of custody. Now, a chain of custody, I'm going to give you a simpler, simpler uh, example. Um, you get pulled off at the roadside, they draw your blood, and they want to check the blood alcohol level. Now, that has to go to a laboratorium. It has to be checked there. So between the nurse that draws it, and the person that tests it, there must be a chain of custody. It must be 
proven beyond reasonable doubt that it is the same sample which mm. has been drawn. Therefore, it gets placed in a little box, it gets a seal number, etc. Your drugs would go in a in what they call a sealed bag. It's a bag that the police have. They seal it, they pull it closed. Um, it changes from blue to green, and there's a unique number on there. Now, um, in this case, I'm assuming that the footage from the CCTV camera was downloaded either onto a disk or a um, memory stick. Uh, do we still have a call online? I absolutely do, and we'll ask him that question. Jonathan? Yeah. That was downloaded onto a memory stick first and then copied to CD to give to the police. Okay, so Peter, there you go. Okay, so now in terms of our Electronic Communications and Transactions Act, you don't have that much of an issue with originality anymore, right? Um, Why you would have to say, okay, the CCTV system um, would be open to the defense team and their expert to actually check it for authenticity. Now, authenticity just means that a person can go and check this and make sure that what this records is actually true. There's no way to get for a person to get in there and alter footage or, or edit it, and that which is downloaded onto a memory stick or a disk um, yeah. is, in fact, what was seen. Um, and as a matter of fact, Section 15 of that Act specifically says that with electronic evidence, a copy is the original, because you think about it, that is the reality of digital evidence. Yep. However, we do have a physical object here, which is this disk, and firstly the, the memory stick, and then the disk, right? Mm-hmm. This, and this data becomes the real evidence. And there must be a chain of evidence. One of the things that you've got to keep in mind is the burden of proof in a criminal case is that of beyond reasonable doubt, okay? Yep. We are, we are placing people at the risk of going to prison, so we have to make very sure. So where you have this data being copied and, and, and uh, moved between mediums, there's a chance for, firstly, bona fide uh, problems, as in corruption of data, etc. And then you have the less, the malafide, where people act in bad faith, and they go and they edit things, for example, or they change things. An example, for example, would be, let's say we, 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 we've got guys working in a stock room, right? Yep. And you have footage of, of a guy putting a box in his boot in his car. Right, but it gets edited and it doesn't show the footage two minutes earlier with the boss system. Yeah, take it on. Ah, yeah. So we have to be very sure. And when it, when it deals with admissibility in in, in, in this regard, um, our courts are, are reticent to see things which might be which might be of a corrupted nature. Okay. Now, what happens? I just want to take this out of the sphere of what Jonathan explained, and let's look at dash cam footage. Mm-hmm. Every time one gets told by the traffic officials, well, it's very difficult to prosecute on dash cam footage uh, when it comes to negligent and reckless driving. Is that true? Yes, it does become difficult because um, once again with authenticity, right, it means that your device has to be open for an expert from the defense to go and look at it. You have to make it available. Yeah. Generally speaking, remember our two rules, uh, main rules with, with both documentary and, and, and real evidence pretty much is um, originality and authenticity. Yes. Okay? Originality in terms of, of electronics, as I've explained, you can get past that because in, dig- in the digital world, the copy is the same as the original. Mm. Um, authenticity, you generally have to have some form of expert coming and saying that what this little machine on your dash records is exactly the truth. It can't be altered, etc. Yeah. Now, the police, of course, have 
uh, you don't have to go and spend money for that. The police here, I, I, I don't know how it works down in Cape Town, but I know being in Pretoria, we have something called the cybercrime unit, right? Yes. So what the guys do is that device goes to the cybercrime unit. They then analyze it, and they check not only the data but the metadata. Now, I've dealt with this before. Metadata is the data about the data, right? Ah. And a chap who looks at this and knows what he looks at can see wherever it's been copied. There's a little record of that. If anybody's ah. changed it, if anybody's edited it, and he then brings up what is called a Section 212. Now, that's just Section 212 of the Criminal Procedure Act, and that's an affidavit in which he says, I'm an expert. This is my training. This is my experience. I've received this device with serial number, this and this and this. You know, you once again show the chain of evidence from the person who initially got it um, mm. all the way through to him. I've analyzed it, and what I've seen on it is true. But that, as you can imagine, is a lengthy and a costly procedure. Yes. Um, oh, yes. Unless you're married and, to someone who can do it. Um, but, yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's a difficult – and, Peter, you know what I want to do? Get you on for a much longer period. Um, you are one of the most amazing attorneys I've had on. You explain things so clearly. I love it. Um, so if you don't mind, um, I'd love to get you back on. Um, you know, to talk about these type of issues. Uh, but, but once again, thank you for availing yourself. Peter De Wirt there is a criminal lawyer at Ian Levitt Attorneys. And thanks to Jonathan Manley as well. Your time.